it was fun. I think Dan at some point was like, okay, you can stop doing the thing now between takes. I was like, no, I can't. No, I can't. I had the cotton things in my mouth. I was feeling really good that day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to EW On Set. I'm Patrick Gomez. I'm Shana Naomi Crockmall. This is our exclusive companion podcast to the sixth and final season of Schitt's Creek. We will be here every Wednesday morning after a new episode airs with recaps and exclusive on-set interviews with the cast and crew. This week, we're talking about episode 605, written by David West-Reed and directed by Andrew Cividino. You'll be hearing from Dan Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Annie Murphy, Noah Reed, Emily Hampshire, and Sarah Levy. Some so fantastic many, stuff. So, so many, many great things about this. And also, obviously, but in case it's not obvious, we are going to be talking about spoilers for episode 605. So if you haven't watched it yet, do that. Come back. Listen to this podcast. Or you know what? Go ahead and listen to this. And, be wild. You know. No, no. Watch the show first. It's good. <laughs> This was the week that Patrick got his wisdom teeth out. Amazing. Uh, Stevie decides to come back and work with Johnny at the motel and the expansion. Um, and, of course, Alexis uh, plans her first movie premiere that was a premiere, then wasn't a premiere, and then was a premiere again. Yeah. I love it so much. But that, of course, is not the highlight of the premiere. Uh, it is on the carpet where we get a um, a crowning. Yes. <laughs> we get a crowning. The crowning finally has arrived, which is exactly what you ex- would expect from a screening event for The Crows Have Eyes 3. No! Please, everyone, stay calm! <laughs> Whatever you do, do not look them in the eye! You're making them angrier! I'm not, Alexis. I know a bit of their language. <laughs> I think this episode was so fun. I mean, I think in particular, Patrick getting his wisdom teeth out, thus forcing this whole conversation between Patrick and David about whether they want to have kids or does he want to have kids and just never said is so is exactly what I love about this show, this use of comedy to have a really serious conversation that a couple should have before they get married. I want to have like a little baby with you. And we could just love it and hold it and bounce it. That's a a big 180. Noah Reed was adorable in it. And I think Dan just played all of the like nuances of like, I'm terrified, but also want to be here for you just so, so well. Um, You know, I think I think their scenes are always some of my favorites. And this goes down as one of my all time favorites of theirs. We're going to hear from Dan Levy, Noah Reed and Sarah Levy here all about what happened in those scenes and whether Dan does secretly want kids. This is the great thing about getting to interview someone's sister who works on a show is you get to ask them all the questions that either you haven't asked um, the person themselves, in this case, Dan, who we did not straight Or you get the real answers. Or you get get to, like, confirm, fact check, triangulate what kind of an answer you're really getting. You, through a very funny scenario, end up talking about having kids with Patrick or not. Yes. Um, That's that's a conversation that every couple, I think, kind of has Mm -hmm. to have and... David kind of has an evolution through this. Did you always kind of picture that he would come around or like, were there different discussions on how David would feel about children? Um, I think that David is pretty sure that he does not want kids mainly probably because he wouldn't be a very patient person around young people. Um, But again, in trying to sort of move that relationship forward, having Patrick, uh, reveal that he wanted kids in a very strange circumstance left a a gray area of conversation, uh, to be had. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think any of them right now are in a place to, 
to have a child. <laughs> the kids don't need to have kids yet. I don't think the kids need to have kids. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh, that was a fun, that was a fun day. Um, yeah, I basically, I mean, I, I laughed out loud several times reading that script. Uh, and, you know, I had had my wisdom teeth out maybe four years ago. Um, and I, I really wanted the experience of being one of those people on the internet, like not without being on the internet, but one of those people, let's just say on drugs uh, and feeling really, feeling really great. I think there's ways to do that. I, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure there are, but the, without the excuses, you know. Uh, so I, I had uh, my friend pick me up and, uh, and I was, I think both of us were a little disappointed. I wasn't as loopy as I maybe could have been. Um, but people react differently to that stuff. And, and so I just watched a time. I had the best time researching because I would just watched video after video after video of people high on anesthetic coming back from the dentist. And I think after that, David, after the dentist video with the kid who's like, is this going to be forever? Like, you know, people were like, people wanted to put themselves on the internet, which worked out great for me. Um, <laughs> Because I could just laugh at them. And there's so much, so many people cry, which I think is really funny. Um, My mom does. My mom, every time she comes out of anesthesia, she's like, she's like, I'm not even sad. Why is this happening? It's like a, it's like a physiological response. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I basically just, you know, was having a blast that day. And afterward, I think Annie was like, how did that, how did that scene go? Cause you know, we don't show up for everyone else's scenes, which, you know, maybe we should. Um, You've still got a couple weeks left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to be plastered to the set all <laughs> the next couple of weeks. But Annie was like, how did that, uh, how did that scene go? I was like, honestly, I don't know. I have no idea. All I can tell you is that I had a lot of fun. She's like, well, that's probably a good sign. So we'll see. We'll see. But it was a lot. It was it was fun. I think Dan at some point was like, "Okay, you can stop doing the thing now between takes." I was like, "No, I can't. No, I can't." I had the cotton things in my mouth. I was feeling really good that day. <laughs> as as uh, someone that knows the actor so intimately, there's a huge uh, storyline in six oh five. We see uh, David and Patrick talking about kids or not. Yes. Do you, does you think, one, do you think Twyla thinks that it's a good idea um, for them to have kids? And as uh, Sarah watching Dan have to play all this, knowing him, yeah. what do you feel like are we seeing in real life in terms of his feeling about having children? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, well, I, I think that, I think that Twyla, Twyla loves David, they don't have too much of a relationship that you see on screen, even though it is there because he's a part of that family. Um, But Patrick is also so unbelievably, ridiculously adorable and everyone loves him. So I think the fact that they got together was wonderful for everyone to watch. And I and I think Twyla is so rooting for them. I think she thinks it's a great idea for them to start their family and and the house and see how far David's come. You know, there's Alexis and then there's David who probably needs to come way further and has made great strides. Um, but seeing it all <laughs> as Daniel's actual sister, knowing that he does not want, as he says, he'll be the chic uncle to my children. So there's no kids in his future. Um, 
Didn't it make you just sort of hope there was going to have to be a scene where there were lots of children running around? You know, the interesting thing is that he's actually really good with kids. And I remember seeing this photo that was taken. I can't remember where it was. It wasn't like a paparazzi photo, but it was like a candid shot from a newspaper or something of him on location shooting the show. And all of these kids were outside. And it was the sweetest photo of him, like with this bright smile on like looking at all these kids and I sent it to him I'm like see look at how cute this is you're great with kids um but yeah knowing that he doesn't he doesn't want them I'm like okay well live it live it all out on this show do everything you want and so you've you have lived a version of it we'll be right back with more EW on set Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back. Okay, but really this episode was about these crows and this premiere. I was so happy for Alexis getting to kind of like stretch her wings, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> literally that came out of my oh, mouth. That was and, so Ted of you. <laughs> unintentionally Ted. Um, but yeah, I'm glad, happy for her. I thought it was, she had a really good idea, I thought, of like, yeah, let's release, you know, like how you release doves at a wedding. Let's totally release a bunch of crows. Um, that does not go well. No. Um, and this was a moment that that Shane and I were super excited to talk to people about because we were like, oh my God, what was it like to film with all these crows? Well, um, you were going to hear <laughs> they from... They shot us down real fast. They shot that. us down really fast. Um, you're going to hear from Catherine O'Hara, Annie Murphy, Emily Hampshire, all about what it was like to film this. And guess what, guys? No actual crows were either used or harmed. <laughs> so tell us about filming with the birds. There weren't any. When you did the scene from the croning in in Bosnia, yes. were there real birds in that at all? That was no. all. Birds. It was just all, as the director said. The scene there will be birds, and then they they panned to the monitor where you could see mm-hmm. where they were. Unlike what people normally do on a set, the digital effects were already there <laughs> with me. They I didn't did happen months <laughs> later. That's the way it should work on film, right. shouldn't it? It is. Yes. But so what was um, it no, like to film no, this one? Oh, it's great. Well, first of all, driving up in the uh, old Cadillac or whatever we have was fun with Eugene. We had to choreograph whether he'd get out the f- same doors. I didn't. We're going, yeah, that's the way they do it. When you show up at an event, everybody gets out the same door. That's where the press is. Traffic's on the other side. Even though there's no traffic. Yeah, nope, you got to work out that. But we know from <laughs> we, our experience of, course. of doing events. Yes. Yeah. Um, but my thought, too, which was never really addressed in the scene, although it was sort of behind the scenes, is that Moira was actually letting cameras into this town where she lived. I, I couldn't believe I was letting that happen. But I was so distracted by the fact that I had a movie opening, <laughs> even though it was not an opening. It was just a North American Screening. screening not the north american screening. or <laughs> a north american screening so this, be- <laughs> this becomes like a viral video yes because the birds 
the birds that are supposed to come out of this box and fly around us, the crows, and, and impress everyone and make it, wow, what a interactive sense around experience becomes a nightmare a horror film because the birds you know so the ad said uh, okay they've 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 shot out of the box there they go oh they're turning back they're coming at you <laughs> so i got to calm down everyone whatever you do do not look them in the eye uh, it was really fun but just dressing up like that and taking it that seriously you know it's yeah. big fish in a small pond that was a fun one because we got to do some acting, some real acting in the sense that we got to pretend to be attacked by crows that didn't exist at that point in time. That was one of the most fun things, I think. Um, what kind of direction did they yell out at you? Was it like duck, dodge? Yeah, they, they kind of walked us through, like walked us through the whole thing. They, they were like, okay, the crows are released. Then they fly up, they're flying up, they're flying up. Uh-oh, now they're coming down. Now they're down. Now they're coming down. And so we, like, as, as actors who do it often, we all had a really, we were very bad at it. We were very, very bad at it. I think the only good thing is, like, at least the crows come from all directions, right? Yes, it's not just, like, all one over the place. dragon mouth or something that no, you all have to look at. This is true. There was no dragon mouth. I pitched dragon mouth, and Dan was like, that is not a good idea. It's a crow's movie. It's a crow's movie. Why would you, why would you pitch Dragon Mouth? Um, anyway, it's, I, one thing I love doing is watching background actors, period. Like in anything, I'm, I'm often distracted by background actors. Um, and this is, you know, this serves up some real good background acting. So that's something to look forward to. Or go back and watch it. Or go back to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the actual croning happens oh. on that carpet. Talk to us about filming that. We know the crows weren't actually there, which makes me sad, but also happy for you guys that you weren't actually having crows <laughs> flying towards your faces. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, talk to us about that. I mean, can I say the truth about that? I'm going to say some things and you will cut them out if they're things that will have me hated for the rest of my life. We're not okay. doing this to have anybody hate you. Yeah, okay. Okay. So first of all, it was fucking hilarious because the we didn't have crows, right? And so we had a, a group of extras who to their... Okay, first of all, I'll just put this out there. To do any kind of stuff that's with CGI, you always, usually, as an actor, end up looking stupid because the people who are making the movie are like, yeah, it's going to be this big, like, massive dinosaur, and then it's going to spew out these teeth that's coming at you. And so you're like, ah! And then, you know, by the time they do it, they can't afford that thing. And so it's this little thing, and you're, like, <laughs> reacting really ridiculously. Um, so anyways, so I just put that out there because it's not their fault. Um, but when we were... They, so um, Andrew, our director, was like, okay, so I'm going to talk you through it. The crows come out, and then they they fly and they attack you and everyone to their credit started doing what they've seen in the birds movie right like <sighs> this whole thing and it was so over the top and <laughs> over dramatic and i've never seen more commitment to being attacked by birds in my life but it was i i mean it was hilarious um so i think it took a while to find the right um, level of being attacked. Um, so that was really fun. Um, also, I just love that M Moira had Stevie dress and be the chauffeur 
Um, oh God, what was amazing is the poster. That was like, it was an endless series of like looking around and being like, oh my God, a film by Blair. Like, wait till you see that poster. And then the tagline is like, Fly, uh, fly, don't run. Like, shit like that. That was so great. And they actually had, it was just amazing to see that Alexis put this together. That's another thing that always strikes me on in this show is like when Cabaret was being done, I remember this one moment of looking at it and being like, Moira did all this. Moira, this is Moira's idea of cost, the costumes and this Moira's choreography and everything. And I, it, I remember it being so fun to see the crew really get into, in all the departments, get into character and be Moira. And for this, like, they must have really, they really got into character and was like, what would Alexis do? Um, so that was really fun. In this episode, you hear Twyla talk about getting a dress, but then I do not recall glimpsing Twyla anywhere at the actual premiere. Do you get to be a part of that scene, the movie premiere? No. Okay. Twyla talks about going to the movie premiere and what she wears and everything, but somehow she never, she never made it. <laughs> which I was Twyla. like, wait, I talk. I actually <laughs> talked to my dad about that. I was like, you know, it says in the script that I'm supposed to be there, right? This is. I also <laughs> imagine Twyla just like showing up dressed to the nines and not oh, yeah. being involved in that at all and being like, she I just had walks a great in the door. Time. Yeah. She's like, yeah. that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> And the other big storyline of the episode is Stevie trying to decide how to come back to the motel, right? Has she somehow gotten herself to a place where she can't do that? Will it be embarrassing? But she doesn't want to stay at Larry Air. She literally runs away. Larry Air, where Johnny apparently could also be a pilot. Yes. Everything about that is terrifying. And... Johnny, luckily, who still can't figure out how to even look at the post-it that tells him how to open a file, of course, of course, welcomes Stevie back with open arms. I My heart broke for her when he comes over and she thinks he's going to ask her to come back and he's actually letting her go. Gives her fast-forward to success. One of the best uh, titles any memoir could have of, from a Not person. just a, a memoir, but like a business success guide. A business guide. success guide <laughs> uh, from a guy that runs a video chain, video store chain. Um, thinking back to the first episode of the season, his speech to her about whatever makes you happy is almost identical to his speech that he gives um, Moira when she says, I want to go back into, I, never mind, I want to go back into acting. And I was like, man, this is the second time in just a few episodes episodes that we've had Johnny be really selfless. Yeah. And almost it like broke my heart a little for Stevie that she's surprised by that. Like she doesn't know what it's like to have a dad who just will either welcome her or or wish her well on her journey. And so for her to have that moment, I'm like getting kind of emotional. Even yeah, you are. As you should. It. Like it's a beautiful, perfect little moment. It is. It is. Uh, and it's stuff like that that makes Shit's Creek so amazing. And this episode so, so great. So great. All right, so that was uh, 6.05, and we're going to end things here with um, our favorite moments of the week, starting off with our Rose Family celebrity name drop. Some good options in this episode. I'm, I'm going to cheat just a tiny bit and take two parts out of the same speech, which is... Well, the conversation really ran the gamut. You complimented my flawless skin and called me the Jewish Channing Tatum, which all tracks. But then I think immediately goes into such a heartfelt conversation. And when Patrick asked David whether, you know, didn't you ever picture yourself doing something that didn't actually happen? And David says, of course, I'm not married to Christina Aguilera, am I? 
And I always love the reinforcement that of like how consistently David's pansexuality is taken by the show. It's not like a one-time mention. Could have married Christina Aguilera. Happy to be flattered for being the Jewish Shani Tatum. Kind of David in a nutshell. Oh yeah, hundred percent. What was yours? I think it has to be um, Moira giving Alexis advice on what it takes to be a publicist. When Demi decided on a Friday night at six that she wanted to celebrate her fortieth in Aspen, her publicist had us in Parkers by seven. Sadly, Megan went into cardiac arrest on the flight, but she perished doing what she loved. All right, so that gets us to our favorite Moira Rose dialogue. I think my favorite, after a little bit of back and forth between Moira and Alexis, and eventually Moira says, I may have been wrong, and you may have been not wrong. Which is the closest she has come with Alexis to admitting any sort of fault. So I did love a Moira line from that, where they are talking about, like, I thought you returned that dress, and she just goes, I did. Well, I know I returned a dress. But my favorite Moira line, and it's actually inspired by you uh, finding all the Moira lines where she is more verbose than she needs to be. <laughs> she actually tells Alexis right at the top of the episode, I hope I'm not paying you by the word. Let's talk about the moments that made us laugh the most and made us cry the most. Which one are you going to start with this week? Laugh or cry? Let's do laugh. Okay. Moira trying to give that speech at the premiere. It is my great pleasure to welcome you to a North American screening of the psychological thriller. Move it along. The crows have eyes, three, the croning. Like, Moira having a platform is a terrifying thing. Yes, and also, Patrick and David are so high. <laughs> the moment that made me laugh the most was absolutely in Patrick's drugged out baby speech. You would be such a good dad. Have we met? I wish you were my dad. Okay, now we're just spiraling off in all directions. <laughs> It's just so terrible and yet so amazing. And Noah Reed, I feel like, just completely sells it. I feel like this is the second time this has happened, um, but that actually is what I wrote down as, like, my most touching moment. But again, <laughs> yeah. that's why this show is so great, because yeah. these moments are both touching and hilarious. And my most, like, heartfelt or emotional kind of, like, almost cry moment is the sort of other half of that also when Patrick says to David, You would be a great dad, though. <laughs> okay. A big old heart in there, yeah. Of course, this man who he's going to marry sees that in him and is perfectly happy to call it out. One other funny line, because I couldn't just choose one, um, is Alexis describing her mother. We have a 12-time Daytime Emmy Award attending actress coming to walk the Merlot carpet in hours. Did you have a second one? I did, which is less, I mean, it's funny, but it's also just like such a deep cut. The fact that Moira is obsessed with there was a review in Ornithology Today. Ornithology Today, well, if anyone knows crows. Which um, not only calls her delightfully unhinged, but can we talk about it being called Ornithology Today? Because I feel like it's such a callback to um, the magazine that Hugh Grant pretends to work for in Notting Hill, <laughs> Horse and Hound, which we know is one of Dan's favorite movies. He talks about it all the time. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week and every week of this sixth and final season with more exclusive on-set interviews, insight. You know where to find us. Please make sure you subscribe and like the podcast. Leave us a comment. Follow us on our socials. Where can people find you? I am at Patrick Gomez LA across the board. I'm at Shana Naomi. Thank you so much for joining us. This is EW On Set. Bye.